Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco, and we have another great edition in store for you today. We'll be chatting to the senior men's coach of the Panton Hill Football Netball Club in Simon Amore following their upset win over St. Mary's on Saturday. And we'll also chat to Brooke Plummer, current Diamond Creek women's player, but also one of our hopeful draft um, pickups in tomorrow's AFLW draft and we'll be speaking to her about her thoughts leading up to the night plus as always we'll go through all the results um, and the key stats that you need to know from our senior men's and women's competitions and helping me do that today is um, a first time debutante for this year in Jared Gardner great to have you on um, chatting all things NFNL yes yeah, great to be back on the podcast this year um, it's been a great season so far and a great round of footy on the weekend so happy to chat about it looking forward to getting stuck into it and let's go straight away to Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 and, and we'll do the match of the day first seeing as we got a first eye look at Northcote Park with their incredible 47 point win over McLeod. Michael Lamad kicked five goals including three in the space of 10 minutes in that second quarter that really opened the game up and you know we we're just speaking off air you know you look at 47 points on paper it's not exactly a result that you know that you think oh what a great game it must have been but it was just more the fact that you know Northcote Park was so dominant we haven't seen them play like that in Division 1 in quite some time and I think it was just pleasing from a league point of view to see the, the competitiveness on show from the Cougars they now jump off the bottom of the ladder they've got that third win of the season and it's just given them a bit more of a gap in terms of solidifying their spot in Division 1 next year but I think Stephen Saddington will be super impressed with how his side went about it on Saturday. Oh yeah definitely it was a fantastic match and um, some great performances from the Northcote Park players not a result I went in expecting I, I went in picking McLeod and um, as a side that looking to kind of push into that finals race and play finals footy this year I thought they'd do it pretty easily over Northcote Park but to the Cougars credit they burst out of the blocks um, hit them hard early they were probably pretty inaccurate in the first quarter first half and um, didn't capitalize but they were able to run away with the with the big victory and um, some great performances from a few of their star players well they didn't falter really you know McLeod had pushed them at times particularly in that third quarter they, they sort of to try and make a little bit of a comeback but they just continued to find goals and I think what was more so more impressive is you know they haven't had too many standouts this year but it seemed that all 22 players in the park really stepped up their game particularly when your captain goes down before the start of the game in Matthew Perry and his brother Jordan gets injured in the first quarter and you're already a rotation down it's one of your star plays easy to put your heads down and and you know have to have to try and pick yourselves back up but they just did it with ease I thought they were such an impressive outfit um, and you know if they can continue to find little passages like that they've proven this year that they've been capable of challenging the you know, the top five sides in the competition, you know, they were right in the game against Montmorency last week until three-quarter time when they just got blown away. They've, you know, had similar results. They come up against the North Heidelberg side this week that have lost their last two matches um, and looking a little bit vulnerable. So, you know, definitely a lot to build on from this Northcote Park side, which is really impressive. I think McLeod are really going to struggle to make finals now, however. That was a big blow to their chances. And with West Preston Lakeside beating Greensboro on the weekend as well, um, that could make the job even more difficult. And on the roost, a big result for them against Greensboro, one that, you know, puts them back in the race to, to make an impact in the top five, not just make up the numbers, an important win against the Borough for them. Um, and this could be the one that rejuvenates their season. 
Yeah, it seems that way. It was uh, a great performance. Ahmed Saad, important, kicking five goals and uh, having a massive impact on that game. But yeah, it pushes them to level with Greensboro at five wins and five losses in the draw. So um, it's it's a pretty good result for, for West Preston. Greensboro would be disappointed. They came off an impressive win um, the previous week. And yeah, it's, it's a disappointing one, but all credit to the Roosters at home. Um, they get the job done and over a, a very good Greensboro side. Well, and we were speaking about this with Josh last week. You know, there's, there might be a few concerns trickling around Greensboro now. We, you know, we, we had our doubts about them. Now, on the same wins as West Preston Lakeside a couple of weeks ago, before that game against Hurstbridge, and of course you bring in Josh Caddy, and, you know, it obviously improves your side tenfold. Um, they had a big win against Hurstbridge, who, albeit, have really struggled anyway this year. Uh, but, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're 5-5 five and five with that draw. They've, they've got a healthy percentage, but... You know, they're a considerable gap now against those top three sides. And, and while they're probably going to make finals, it's, it's more about what you do in those moments. You can never rule Greensboro out, of course. But just in terms of, you know, compar- comparing you know, those top three sides, you know, it could be a bit more difficult than first expected for the bar. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. It's those top three sides in Heidelberg, Montmorency and Bundera have really kind of broadened that gap. And it just seems like they're the three runaway teams in the division this season. Greensboro and West Preston, we know they're such powerhouse clubs. They played off in the last Division 1 grand final there. Um, They've got so much talent on both of their sides in terms of homegrown players but also XAFL players playing for them so it's it's a difficult one because you kind of look at it and say oh they're what 14 points behind Bandura in third place at the moment but there's still so much talent on the list and when you do get to Preston in August September you never know what's going to happen so you never you never want to rule these sides out but it's it's been an interesting start to the or interesting middle part of the season for Greensboro. Knowing us, I'll go and beat Montmorency this week. Yeah. And I'll <laughs> take the words right out of our mouth. Um, a couple of the other results from the competition: Montmorency, a very very comfortable win over Hurstbridge. Nothing unexpected about that. I think what. I've really taken out of the Montmorency side in the last few weeks is, you know, Paddy Fitzgerald just continues to dominate, kick 10, and it wasn't just him going around and kicking 10. He was, you know, clunking marks. He was making powerful leads, taking, you know, big, big grabs against two, three Hurstbridge opponents. Um, he's a force to be reckoned with in that forward line. That's something we have, we've known already for quite a while in this competition, but I think Montmorency's, the fact that they've been having such big scores as well in their last month of football um, has come along mainly because of him um, and he'll be very hard to contain in the back end of the season I think. Yeah I think so and I think over the past couple of seasons we've always seen glimpses of this from Paddy Fitzgerald. He has a couple of games every season where he kicks a big bag, a six or a seven um, but he's been able to do it a bit more consistently this season. He sits at the top of the goal kicking he's got he's kicked 40 so far this season and yeah bag of 10 on the weekend uh, will do his confidence a lot of good and um, for, for this run home he, he'd be um, red hot so it's good for Montmorency Absolutely, it is. Hurstbridge, while they're the only side now that have two wins and nine losses, everyone else has gotten at least one more. So it's going to prove a bit difficult, I think, for them. They've, they've still got Whittlesey to come this season. I think that might be the deciding game for relegation. So 
one to keep an eye on. Speaking of the Eagles, no match for Bandura, and that probably could have been a bigger result had the Bulls kicked straight us. 17-22, they finished on, but, you know, all, all their guns are, are firing at the moment. David Zarakis had a best-on-ground performance. Johnny Organson kicked, you know, another bag of seven. He was just absolutely impressive. So, um, you know, Bandura just continuing to stake their claim as one of those top three sides that can really make an impact, and it will be a big test for them against a Heidelberg side who continued their win streak but didn't come easy at all. There were many stages throughout that afternoon where North Heidelberg had their measure. They had, you know, good leads and they were playing some really great football. But as we've seen a few times this year, the Tigers were just able to run away with it and, and hold on to claim a big victory. You know, North Heidelberg... They got a goal with about 20 seconds to go in the game, but they just ran out of time to, you know, force one more attack inside 50. But, you know, the Tigers are flying, but I think a game like that just proves that they are a little bit vulnerable in those situations and that, you know, a loss probably is coming a bit sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think so. And uh, they've been so impressive across the entire season of Heidelberg. So... It was interesting. You look at kind of the quarter-by-quarter scores against uh, the Bulldogs on Saturday, and at quarter-time, North Heidelberg have 11 scoring shots to four and lead by 17 points, so they could easily have almost put that game to bed if they had kicked Mm. a little bit straighter in that opening quarter. Um, Yeah, but Heidelberg didn't lead at any change until the final siren went, so... They did what they needed to do to win, but um, there'd be some worry signs that they need to improve on heading into the run home and into finals footy. Well, it's a big fortnight here for Heidelberg. So as I mentioned, they've got Bandura, but then they've got Montmorency. So those two top three sides that they're trying to fight off against, um, if they do get wins against those, you know, they're no doubt going into the postseason as premiership favourites as as they absolutely deserve to be. Um, But at the same time, I don't think they would want to slip, which is crazy to say for a side that's 10-1 10-1 and one, that they've got two challenges in Montmorency and Bandura that are only one win behind them um, but that's that's the level that Division 1 brings that's just why it's such a quality competition that you know that you can't afford to be you know caught asleep at, at too many times throughout the year we, we saw Greensboro in 2019 go 17-1 in the home and away campaign to, and to go on and lose a grand final now I'm not saying that's going to happen to the Tigers but um, you know it's just more important that they continue this consistency but um, a big couple of weeks ahead that I'm really, really looking forward to. So lots of excitement around Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. Let's scoot over to MC Labor Division 2, which, I mean, it's it, you obviously say that the Premier Division is the one that you look forward to. I think this continues to be the most competitive competition we have out of the three senior men's uh, competitions. Just some incredible results from week to week, some really close fixtures and um, and just ones that, you know, continue to prove the unpredictability that this season has brought. Um, and none more so than that Panton Hill St. Mary's result. I think that took us all by surprise. Um, you know, the Redbacks haven't had a great season. They've had some struggles, particularly against those top five sides. They haven't looked close to snatching a win. And they only just got over the line against the Fitzroy Stars in their last victory before this one on Saturday. But... They actually won this game by 12 behind. So, you know, it was a more dominant performance than what it suggests on paper. Uh, But an important one for the Redbacks, who probably secured Division 2 now, but um, will want to rather improve on that um, in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah, they're they're a great side, Panton Hill, and it's great to see them 
almost guaranteeing that they stay up in um, Division Two for next season because they've got the talent on the list and they've got yeah they've got the ability um, to to challenge some of these top sides. St Mary's are a, a team that's been contending for finals this season in Division Two, and the and Pet and Hill have just shown that they can take it up to some of the top sides. So um, there's a lot to like, and, and going into next season, we'll have improve even more and have a lot more confidence. And we'll chat to Simon Amore to get a bit more of an insight into the happenings at the Panton Hill Football Netball Club, a great result for his team. I think for St Mary's, they're fortunate that Watsonia didn't get up either against Altham, even though that was a result that was probably more expected. Another case where the Saints were right in it up until half-time, they were, you know, again, just one of those sides that weren't going away, but Altham were just able to put the foot down in the second half and, and do enough to get through the line. But Watsonia, five 14 what could have been um, that, that definitely could have caused an upset so you know in, in one way it's uh, you know a competitive performance against the top side of the competition in another way it's probably a missed opportunity for them to have made the jump on the bar and re rejuvenate their finals oppo- uh, finals chances um, in season 2022 yeah it was, it's one of those games where they just really had to take advantage of um, well, obviously when you're playing the game you don't know the other results that are happening you don't know that Panton Hill's beating St Mary's but you kind of look in hindsight and say, well, this is this was our opportunity to really stake our claim and, and get um, get an extra four points on our rivals and make the push for finals footy. So disappointing for Watsonia, but they'll have their chances in the last couple of rounds of the season and um, they'll do everything they can to play finals. And then you, you go down the next level on that and it's Thomastown seeing that Watsonia and St. Mary's have both lost, giving them an opportunity to get over the line against a Banyul side that have had their measure in the last few seasons and it just hasn't gone to plan at all for Thomastown. They went down to Banyul by under four goals. But again, it was it was a case of the wind in that one. No one kicked the goal against the wind after quarter time. It was um, really a struggle there at Main Street Recreation Reserve. You know, Thomastown had the 10-point lead at three-quarter time. But, you know, Banyul just, just did enough in that final term to get away from them again and not allow Thomastown to score any goals in that last quarter. And... While they still only sit 10 points behind the fifth-placed Borough, um, not only do they have to win three of their last seven as a minimum, but they also now have to ensure that those sides start losing games if they want to make that miraculous finals run. Fortunately for them, they do have St. Mary's and Watsonia still to play this year. So you'd think that they would have to at least be two wins for them. Uh, but... They've lost their last four now, Thomastown, and and while on, you know that all seems nice on paper in terms of of them getting those wins, it's it's a, it's difficult to stake a claim as Thomastown being a finals team in 2022 the way they're going at the moment. Yeah, it's not a position you want to put yourself in as a footy club in terms of having to rely on all other other results to go your way to have to play finals because it just it doesn't work mm. it doesn't always work out for you. It hardly ever works out for you. So if if Thomastown can win out the rest of the season and beat the the St Marys and the Watsonias on the run home, it's going to be difficult. But you never know what can happen. So all, all they've got to do now is focus on themselves and just focus on winning the games that are coming up. And um, yeah, just hope that the results fall their way. Well, look, if they make finals from here, they probably deserve to. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they've if they can put together a really strong last 
seven weeks of the season, then yeah, they absolutely deserve it. And they've got the talent on paper. We saw that at the start of the year with the enforcements they brought in, you know, Jared Coulson, Masaki, Mickey, even though unfortunately Mickey hasn't played too many games through injury this year, but they've still had such a quality team, but just hasn't, you know, gelled together for them at the moment. Um, Banyol, meanwhile, they actually slipped from second to third due to percentage, and that's because Diamond Creek are just continuing about their merry way at the moment. They've won their last eight matches, have the Creekers. They are in ripping form at the moment, continuing you know, their charge towards the top spot, the comfortable win over Epping, 110 points in fact. So, um, you know, they just continue to slide under the radar. I don't think anyone expected Diamond Creek to have played as well um, as they have, and they're a genuine contender. Yeah, they definitely are, and I think we've kind of seen this from Diamond Creek over an extended period, maybe five years or so now. They played in that, I think it was the 2017 Div mm, 2 Grand yeah. Final against North Heidelberg, and they were comfortably the second best side in division. It was just unfortunate they had North Heidelberg to come up against on Grand Final Day. Um, but yeah, ever since then, they've kind of been floating around that top four, haven't really made a, a strong charge for um, for the Premiership. But this season, it looks like it's the year that they really want to make that make that play and really challenge, it looks like, Ultimate at the moment for that mm. Div 2 Premiership and um, hopefully get into Div 1. Well, I mean, they've brought in David Menon from Whittlesea. That's been a huge boost for them. But the whole side's just really playing well. John Norman's in ripping form as well, just continuing um, to kick bags of goals for the Creekers. Uh, and then the other result um, of the round, Lower Plenty just proving too strong for the Fitzroy Stars, a pretty standard result in that one. Lower Plenty, I think, are also an interesting team. They're right in the middle, I think. They're, they're not low enough to probably avoid... Uh, sorry, they're not low enough to be in danger of missing finals, but they're not high enough either to, to really challenge themselves as a premiership contender. They're 7-3 and three with that draw, so still a very impressive record so far this season. But... You know, compared to the dominance they had last year, they were 11 and one before the season got cut short. Um, they had a few injuries along the way, and, and while they're doing well to beat these lower play sides, um, it sets up a huge test, I think, for them against Banyul this week. Because, you know, if if they can defeat the, the Bears, you know, at home, um, then you know that might be the fourth team that comes into conversation in terms of a premiership threat. Uh, but yeah, right now, they're in the middle of the road. It's a, it's a bit weird to get a, a read on them right now. Yeah, it is a hard one. As you said, they, they went into the... Well, they, they finished last season when it got shut down um, at the top of the ladder and as the dominant side in the division. I think the last game I saw in 2021 was that game against Banyul at Lowell Plenty. Um, and Lowell Plenty were just fantastic that day and against the Banyul side that is so talented and has been for so many years now so yeah as you say that they're in a bit of a weird spot and you kind of don't see them taking it right up to the Althams and the Diamond Creeks of Div 2 but also they've put a gap between themselves and the St Mary's and Watsonia so they're, they're just floating in fourth position but it's they're, they're a team where they get to finals footy and they can turn it on so you don't count them out just yet but at the moment they just haven't shown enough to say they're in the premiership hunt well I mean you're absolutely spot on and I guess they would be capable they're the only side to have beaten Eltham this year and then the last time they played them last week they just went down 
by that one point. So, you know, I guess it shows that, you know, they're capable in some spurts, but they've probably also lost games that they shouldn't have. I think the Diamond Creek one was one that um, going down to them just put them behind the eight ball a little bit, losing to Watsonia as well in round one. Um, also set them back and, and probably to draw to Thomastown. So it's those other ones, of if they had have just gotten over the line in those, and, you know, we're probably looking at this in a different light, but in terms of pure win and loss, um, you know, it's just shown that the top three sides are really making a charge for it. It's such a competitive competition and, you know, it's no room for error almost for Lowell Plenty, but again, a big test for them against Banyul this week. But what we'll do now is we'll have a chat to the senior men's coach of the Panton Hill Football Netball Club, Simon Amore, to get a bit of an update on all things happening down at the Redbacks following their impressive win over the Borough. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Panton Hill Football Nepal Club following their big win against St. Mary's on Saturday, Simon Amore. Simon, thank you so much for giving us a bit of your time today. Yeah, absolute pleasure, Nicholas. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on, mate. As I said, a fantastic result for the Redbacks against a very talented St. Mary's outfit um, who have really made their mark in the competition so far. So, um, you know, to get the four points in the manner in which you did, um, you know, I'm sure you must be very, very pleased with how your side played. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've got an enormous amount of respect for St. Mary's and, and how they've thought about it since their ascension into Division Two. You know, they've set the standard there. And obviously, they are a genuine final threat this year, I think, um, in, a, in a really good place to, to do that, which is a real credit to them. And um, like I said, we've got a lot of respect for how they go about it and um, how well coached they are and the, the quality young side that they are. So for us to, to play the way that we did and to execute the way we did and to come away with, um, yeah, a, a victory in that manner was, yeah, um, obviously over the moon with it, mate. It was, a, it was a good result for the football club. A pretty momentous day, in fact, for the club. You were able to bring in some reinforcement. You had Daniel Freeman uh, make his return to the side as well as the likes of Tim Duckworth and Scott Conte, who were all, you know, premiership winners with the club from a few years back. They all came back for this game and, you know, and I'm sure they all played a big part in the result. You know, it must be such a big thrill to gain such experience considering that you had lost so much at the start of the year. To be able to combine that with the, the current youth that you got in the side, um, yeah, it must have been a very pleasing result to have those guys welcome back. Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed it. Um, you know, we had a, obviously a big turnover uh, at the end of last year. We made a real concerted effort to get a bit younger. Uh, we felt that we needed to. And, you know, we've had um, our results have probably shown that, um, given that we've, you know, we've had a couple of wins, a couple of really disappointing results and, and been really competitive for the most part. And that's the sign of a, of a young side that's getting to know each other. Um, and we felt like we've been building and, and progressing the, the right way um, but at the same time to bring back three players who are premiership players where all three of them were named in the team of the decade a few weeks ago um, so to add that little bit of extra class and experience um, the boys just walk a little bit taller and yeah it did make a big difference they they all made had major contributions um, and yeah it'd be fantastic if, uh, if they can hang in there for a few more weeks and, and continue to to help the guys uh, progress along. So it did make a big difference and we're, we're so pleased to have them back. And um, yeah, it was a great result, as I said, for the club on Saturday. How have you seen the year from your eyes? Obviously, I guess not too much success on field, but as you mentioned, you know, you really uh, brought in that youth policy this year, particularly with the players that have retired in the off-season. Um, yeah, what have you what have you made of, you know, I guess the just over half of the season so far, and, and what have been your takeaways from, from the squad that you've gathered this year? 
Yeah, pretty much as I just said, we sort of, again, um, a lot of new faces um, and the boys are probably sick of me saying this to them, but um, we've felt for the most part that we've been trending the right way um, throughout the season. It's been building. Um, so again, to get used to that setup and that structure and, and to build that continuity and synergy is not going to happen overnight. And we've been developing that over time. And I've sort of been telling, telling the guys and we've been reinforcing as a coaching group that they are putting the work in and, and heading in the right direction. And, and we did obviously want to get some um, reward for effort. Uh, we knew that it was probably not far away, um, but to get that confirmation on Saturday was, was really pleasing. Like I said, we've had some good results this year. We've been um, really competitive against some quality sides and played well in patches. That's probably been the thing for us is that we've had good moments in games but haven't been able to sustain that. So to come out on Saturday and, and be good enough for the four quarters was probably the most pleasing aspect and we're starting to become and I said this to the boys before the game on Saturday that we're starting to become a little bit more predictable to each other uh, that we've got a real identity with the way we're going about it at the moment and that's the most pleasing aspect so the big challenge for us now is to try and sustain that from, from here on in Let's talk about some of those those players that you've mentioned. Obviously, you know, it's the Parks brothers that continue to be in the best each week. They, they've been absolutely outstanding for your side this year. And, you know, you talk about getting that cohesion right within the side. And I'm, I'm sure they play a big part in achieving that goal. But apart from them, I guess, who are some of the others you felt have stepped up that maybe haven't been well, well known um, throughout the 2022 season that you feel can make a big difference in the near future? Yeah, well, first and foremost, the Parks Brothers have been enormous. Um, you know, we're thrilled to get Ollie across the line at the start of the year, obviously, and get the complete set of Parks boys in there. Um, and they've been amazing for us. You know, obviously, Nick and, uh, and Sam are both previous best and fairest winners and, and Sam was team of the year last year and, and our, our club captain. Um, and Ollie's just added another string to that bow and they're just just absolute competitors. Um, and I think on the weekend was a perfect example. The three of them were, were just willed us across the line. They're so... Um, so competitive and, and they work so hard and um, yeah, they're just a real um, yeah, fantastic for the group um, they probably just will the rest of the boys along with them and they've been like that all year um, I hope that they do get uh, the recognition that I think they deserve obviously a bit, of, a bit biased as their coach but I think in terms of when you talk team of the year I think all three of them should be in contention um, I just think they've been fantastic for us all year so that's been a real plus but in regards to some other of the younger boys um, yeah so Charlie Cleary uh, and Ben Donahue's another one too that we got across from, from Lowell Plenty at the start of this season um, both really raw young kids but some good size key position backs and they've been fantastic for us they're still learning the caper but had their opportunity at senior level this year and we couldn't have asked for much more the way they've gone about it they're fearless at the ball um, you know they're really consistent and, um, and have stood up at, at that level which has been really important for us so they've been through that uh, we've been really pleased with amongst others you know Nathan Jasper's come across from St Mary's and been fantastic for us too and probably been a, a major reason why those two boys have been as solid as they have been amongst others Jackson Grimble and Jesse Owens Draper in our back half and you throw Jack Ryan in there too our back six has been really solid for the most part of the year um, and then yeah midfield's been quite strong too and you know the similar similar names that we've had over the journey like you're joining Pritchards and, and Sam Park have been fantastic too but it's been it's been a good mix I guess the theme of this chat's sort of been around that injection of, of youth that you've had and it's been fantastic. Um, I know you haven't been able to get that 19 side you would have liked this year, but it's definitely in the works for next year. I guess the, the fortunate part that comes out of that is that you get to give some of those 19s players that would have been playing in that competition this year some you know reserves and senior opportunities that they maybe wouldn't have had um, in previous times. That, that's going to go a long way, I'm sure, into not only continuing to develop those players in the 19s competition when you 
do get that side up. But, you know, to, to ensure that that senior side is, is still going to have some talent for the near future, sure. That's exactly right. I mean, I've said this previously before that we don't obviously have the, the big infrastructure that some of the bigger clubs have in regards to the junior programs that continue to to pump um, new players in each year. And it's it's something that we're really conscious of and we, we're making a concerted effort to get that 19s program up and going. Uh, and I think that's a real selling point for us is that we'll give those guys that opportunity to play senior football, as you just said. And the boys that came across this year, uh, Jasper Cook and Tommy Clark and another couple of other guys who have experienced senior football, um, there's a real opportunity for them to do that and we're open to that because we want to, to ensure that we are um, yeah, a breeding ground for some for some kids as well to get that early experience of senior football and obviously still have the opportunity to play under-19s as well and, and give them that blend and, and help fast-track their their development. You know, James McCallum's another young kid we brought across from Alton. Uh, he played under-17s football this year and hasn't missed a game for the senior, senior side um, playing as a backup right forward. So there are opportunities that we're willing to give and, um, yeah, we just see that as a, as a really important direction that we're heading in um, and getting that balance of, of sort of youth and the experience that we have and just one final one Simon you've um, I guess after a win like that against St Mary's and, and seeing the way the competition's going at the moment it looks as though you will stay in Division 2 this for next year which is you know a fantastic achievement um when does it turn to starting to prepare for that season? I mean, obviously, we've still got a fair few games to go this year, and I'm sure you'll want to get a lot out of those games. But um, in, in, to ensure that that improvement continues over the next, you know, 12 to 18 months, when does it start focusing on what we can do, you know, to better ourselves in the next year? Yeah, it's a really good question. And to be honest, it's probably something that you're conscious of the whole way through. I think for us too as a football club and you know with our president Jason Burley and the people that we've got in place at the moment it is a sort of you know we obviously have a short and medium term focus but the long term focus is really important for us too um, so we just have been um, really conscious of ticking off boxes along the way and you know staying in Division 2 is obviously a goal of ours but we knew if we were able to to tick those boxes that it would take care of itself and it's more of a, a longer term plan so it's sort of something that we've been building towards throughout the year anyway um, and then you know off field it's, it's very very solid the on field side of it is obviously up to me and, and my team and I think we're again heading in the right direction in regards to how we're developing as a side and um, it's again it's just a matter of sustaining that uh, you know we had some good results like this last year and then um, following on the next week and, and probably had some, some dips which is disappointing so for us, it's about that consistency and staying at that level and ensuring that the uh, the system that we have in place is really consistent and predictable to ourselves and that can ensure that we get those results that we're talking about and give us that impetus to continue to improve and push into the back end of this year and obviously pre-season for next year and then into 2023 as well. Simon, it's been great to have you on and, and hearing about, you know, I, I guess what the future holds for the Panton Hill Football Netball Club and, and I'm sure we're very excited to see how your side goes, not just for the rest of this year, but next year as it, again, looks like you'll be in Division 2, which is such a fantastic result. Simon, congratulations on the win on Saturday. Thank you so much for your time and, and all the best for the rest of the 2022 campaign. No, absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. Appreciate it. A great chat there with Simon Amore. Good to see him all upbeat following that win on Saturday. Well, it's be interesting to see how they can go, not just for the rest of this year, but seeing as they've likely you know, solidified their Division 2 spot for next year to see if they can continue on the improve. 
Let's move over to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. and um, it's, it's, As sort of is the case for most rounds for them, it, it's sort of two blowouts and two half-interesting results at the moment, just with the way the competition is going at the moment. But it is tight at the top, and that's something that we can keep an eye on throughout the rest of the campaign. And we'll start with the, I guess, closest game of the round between Heidelberg West and Lorimer. I think the Hawks have really surprised us in terms of their competitiveness this year, their ability to take it right up to the top sides. You know, following a big win over Old Elton Collegians last week, they, you know, was always going to be a challenge against the top of the table Lorimer uh, Sporting Club. But, you know, they were so so close really in the end they had the lead at certain parts of the match but just went down by eight points and you know a win like that means they're one game outside the top four and they're absolutely challenging for finals it's not to say that they can't still challenge for finals but um, you know it would have been probably a big big upset if, if they were able to get through just shows Lorimer's class as well but um, you know I don't think you can count Heidelberg West out just yet oh no definitely not they're, they're, they're a good side Heidelberg West and they've been challenging for finals over the last couple of years or since we've been playing and um, yeah they're challenging Lorimer's a, a great feat and if they had have just got over the line it would have been such a confidence booster um, for them and as you said it would have meant they were only a game out of finals so Disappointing not to get the result, but it would fill them with a lot of confidence that they can um, still match it with the best in the division. We were speaking a few weeks ago. It was the sort of case where we didn't really know who was going to be the contender in Division 3. Old Alton Collegians were on top at one point. Kilmore were top of the ladder at one point. It was hard to make a read, but Lima have quickly established a two-game gap now on top of the ladder. Is it fair to say that they are the premiership favourites now, or, or is it too hard to make a, a dominant call right now? Um, I'd say they're, they're the premiership favourites, but it's not as clear-cut mm. as, um, as you might think seeing that they're two games ahead of second place in, in South Morang. So they're there and they've, they've had some massive performances and some um, some starring roles from some of their players throughout the season. But I, I, I think they're I think they're premiership favourites, but it's, it's very close. It's not concrete at all, no. is it? Uh, but at the moment, they are playing some great football. Only that one loss, which was against Old Eltham Collegians earlier in the year. South Morang, they were too strong for Mernda, a comfortable win for them. They, they've risen back up to second now, so they had gone from not beating a top four side and, and you know, probably close to not making, um, sorry, probably close to, you know, being out of the top four to, to now solidifying themselves in second spot with a very comfortable percentage and they'll really challenge Lorimer. They've got a game between each other in a few weeks, which will be a massive, massive clash um, at Mill Park Lakes Reserve. So, one to look forward to there, and then I guess the two blowouts. We'll start with Kilmore and, and Laylor, and it was, you know, the Blues 133-point winners at Laylor Reserve, and you know, an important win for them. It's a two-game gap from the fifth-place Heidelberg West side, but um, and as we'll get to a little bit later on in the previews, it's Kilmore Heidelberg West next week, which sorry this week, which um, you know could prove a bit decisive. The Blues get on top of that. It's, it's a three-game gap. They probably secure that final spot. But if Heidelberg West win, it's going to cause a few um, challenges, I think, for, for Kilmore heading into the back end of the year. Yeah, I think it will, and that's a, an interesting one to look forward to. But, um, yeah, Kilmore, they get it done easily on the weekend, so um, going with a lot of confidence. But as, as we just spoke about before, Heidelberg West, they come off a game or, or really pushing the, the top side in the division. So, 
yeah, both sides will go into it with a, a lot to look forward to, but um, we'll see what happens. And then Old Alton Collegians, well, they, were, they had to bounce back. They've had a couple of poor weeks, but they were able to get the result over at Reservoir 26-26, and, you know, that helps their percentage a little bit as well. The top three sides all in the 200s as well, so really close in that department. And again, I, I do want to say this for the preview, but Lima Old Alton next week also becomes a very, very big game. Lima, the only side they've lost to this year, the Turtles, they want to try and get themselves back in the top two and get that double chance, which I think is also an intriguing prospect as well because we know that and we've seen many times in Division 3 just how important that double chance is. It really gives you know, those sides that lose the first week a springboard into getting that momentum back and, and pushing for premierships. We've seen sides that have lost the first week of finals win before, um, and with seven games to go, there's, there's a bit to look forward to in terms of just how that top four is going to shape up for the rest of the year. Yeah, definitely, and um, as we've kind of spoken about a couple of times, it's it's been pinballing around. We never know which side's going to be on top at any point of the season. Lauren got that buffer now but it can change within a couple of weeks so um yeah old Altham a, a side that as you said the only side that beat Lorimer they can challenge them um I'm just having a look at that result from earlier in the season I think they had like 15 more scoring shots or yeah something it was like our that. match they, of the day that yeah, one um. so they they had their had their chances to really put the foot to the um foot to the throat in that one but they go up against them again um in the coming or this week and um an interesting matchup incoming absolutely it is a lot to look forward to throughout our division three competition let's head towards our senior women's for a quick wrap-up of the week that was and um you know as well as there being some dominant results from you know the, the sides that are near the top of the ladder a couple of upsets as well to look forward to so we'll start with winning edge division one women's and the friday night game between west press and lakeside one and heidelberg one was close at times but the roosters too strong really in the end um, a 34-point win for them. Scores were level at quarter time, but the Roosters were just able to get through. And they're the ones that are really challenging. Diamond Creek women's won for that top spot. And the Creek as well, <laughs> another statement from them, 166 points. Um, their win over Lower Plenty Bandura. 11 individual goal kickers. They were just absolutely superb. And, and we'll chat to one of their stars a little later on, later on in Brook Plummer. But... They've only lost once in the last year and a half, Jared, and, um, you know, I I guess no side is a a premiership winner at this point of the season, but they are looking unstoppable at the moment. Yeah, they definitely are, and, yeah, you look at that result on the weekend, as you said, 11 different goal kickers and just so much talent across the field. You just look at some of these names and and Brooke Plummer having another um, great match and speak to her in a little bit, but... Yeah, there's a lot to like about this Diamond Creek side. They're such a famous women's footy club and um, great to see them dominating Division 1 and um, on their way to, hopefully, for their sake, a flag. Well, they missed out, of course, in 2019 and they'll be... They've had a few years now to, to make sure that they get themselves back up the mark and they've given themselves every chance with just three weeks to go. So three home and away games to go in the season. Darwin won. They made it three wins in a row as well. 32-point win over Greensboro. And I think they've just about secured their top four spot as well. The Bar is going to need a bit of luck, I think, now. They're going to have to win all three games and, and hope percentage falls their way as well. So it could be a challenge, but still a very impressive year from the Bar regardless. And then Montmorency won another have a dominant win for them as well. It's back-to-back comfortable victories, um, getting the points over to VU Western Spurs, winning by 83 points in that one. And it's now 14 goals in four games for Gemma Laffey. She's proving to be a force inside 50. 
SG Print and Paper Division 2 women's Banyul. They continue their good form. A 19-point win over Darabin 2. And they'll just able to keep it at bay just for enough um, to, to establish that gap and run away with the victory. We'll see you back in the top four, and, and this top four race becomes interesting. I think Division 2 in both men's and women's is just so competitive. They're, they're definitely ones that are the providing entertainment-wise from a league point of view. They had a 47-point win over Diamond Creek Women's 2. They jumped back into the top four. Luca Kennedy had five, and, and that, that's just another fantastic game from her. But also St. Mary's, they're piling on the pressure on the top two, so they're third at the moment, but... Um, they're really proving to be a side to be reckoned with. An 82-point win over Montmorency 2. And right now, there's there's two names that really stand out in that St. Mary's side. It's Jessica Hardy, who's, you know, smashing it in the coaches' MVP voting. She's, you know, the clear leader at the moment and is producing some great games. And Sarah Johnston, it's her fourth consecutive game of scoring four or more goals. She kicks another six on the weekend. Um, we, we spoke to Troy Pickerton um, on the podcast last week and you know he even sits back in amazement just to see what those girls are, are producing right now um, if St Mary's are going to make a charge this year I think those two are going to be the key yeah definitely they're such star players and yeah just looking at Sarah Johnston's stats over the last month or so it's it's absolutely phenomenal incredible. isn't it it's, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal so um, she'll be important to their push for hopefully that top two spot but um, in terms of them just playing finals and having an impact later in the season absolutely and I mean they were a Division 3 side not long ago so to see him continue to make their mark in, in the step above um, is quite impressive for everyone involved at the Barrett and Eltham well they remain on top of the ladder they, they're looking difficult to beat as well that's 9 wins in a row for the Panthers so both men's and women's sides comfortably on top of the ladder in their divisions at the moment they had a 52 point win over the Fitzroy Stars and then cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's well we've had our biggest probably the biggest upset across all three competitions at the moment and that was Holabur 2 breaking their drought of um, winless games and defeating the second place side in Hurstbridge by 18 points at Ben Freelay Oval. It's the most impressive game the Tigers have had this year. They led at every change and I think Hurstbridge will be kicking themselves as well. Zero goals, seven. They just weren't able to get, you know, a couple of goals to really, really put the pressure on. But, you know, this year I, I think has been a struggle for sides that have had second teams that they might not have been able to have the cavalry they would have liked at times they would have had to forfeit some games particularly Heidelberg too who you know just haven't been able to be as competitive as they would have liked but nonetheless Jared to, to see teams like second teams like that get up and produce big results it's always pleasing to see and, and really helps the competition oh, of course it does yeah it's great to see a team like yeah Heidelberg getting that result and um, yeah it's a momentum booster for the whole club and um, yeah it's a great one to see West Preston Lakeside 2 they just got over the line by the barest of margins as they look to try and secure a top two spot as well a one point win over Wallen and they trailed every change as well so two last quarter behinds from them were able to get the job done and Mernda well they absolutely look the team to beat right now in Division 3 another win for them this time 25 points over Lorimer so they continue to press their charge towards a finals berth not just a finals berth but to contend for their first premiership in the women's program but We'll now chat to one of our AFLW draft hopefuls and one of the most impressive players in the women's program, not just in our league, but with the Northern Knights, with the Vic Metro team, and even with Carlton VFLW this year in Brooke Plummer, who chats to us now on the NFL podcast. 
Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is current Diamond Creek women's player and hopefully future AFLW player by tomorrow night. I'm speaking to Brooke Plummer. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time. No, of course. Happy to do it. Draft tomorrow night, you know, it's been a bit of a build-up for it, but how are the nerves leading into it and, and what are your expectations, I guess, coming into the event? Yeah, um, they're quite... I've got a lot of nerves, to be honest, um, but mainly excited. Um, I'm going to have a lot of people around me, uh, family, friends, teammates, um, so it's going to be really good um, for myself. Um, hopefully, obviously, the expectations, hopefully to get picked up, um, but just trying to stay calm as possible, not trying to overthink it, um, even though that's really hard to, not to do, um, but just excited um, just to be around everyone and, yeah. You had the combine in May earlier this year. Um, what did you get out of that experience? Obviously, you, you, you were some of the most talented girls in the state. Um, you know, did you take a lot out of that event? Oh, hundred um, percent. Especially for myself, um, I worked really hard um, leading up to that. I was doing. I had a PT, um, and I was doing a lot of work. Um, and putting my body through quite a lot just to try and get myself prepared as possible, um, especially only because it was a 2K as well. Um, I just wanted to get the best out of myself, um, and which I thought I did quite well. And that just comes back as well to the team. Um, Jack and Clean at Prepare Like a Pro, um, he was amazing with me and really pushed me as well. Um, and my manager, Michael, um, as well. So all goes back to him and um, all their hard work to get me prepared. Um, and I thought that I put my best foot forward in terms of coming up with this combine um, and then now the draft. Um, and then also just being around all the girls um, that I've played against and played with through the carnivals. Um, and obviously we have a few Northern Knights girls in there as well. So... Just to be around everybody um, was amazing and I was trying to soak it all in. It's definitely one to remember. You've had quite the year. In fact, you've probably, you've had the last, I guess, 24 months have been super impressive. You've, you know, you represented Vic Metro, you've been part of the Northern Knights, you've had the opportunity even at VFLW level playing with Carlton. You know, what yeah. have you learnt from those experiences? You mentioned before about, you know, being with some of those girls and, and learning from them of the ones that you've both played with and played against, but being part of those elite programs across the year, what what have you taken out of that? Yeah, um, oh, so many things. Um, one, always just be be yourself. Like, no matter um, your audience or nothing, you just be you, um... You always try and get involved in many things as you can, get as much feedback um, as you can, especially while I played for halfback. So I was a bit nervous about that because I haven't played much through the halfback um, during the night season or anything. So for me, um, I was just trying to talk to my coaches, um, talk to my teammates, get around my teammates as much as possible. Um, and just kind of, like I said before, just soak it all in um, and try and get the best out of yourself in terms of when you're playing up against the bigger bodies um, and the bigger girls. See 
how you can bring your strengths to the table um, and just, yeah. You've obviously also been a part of the, the Diamond Creek Women's Program this year yeah. and, you know, you've had a, the, the teams have been outstanding, really. Just just the one defeat in the last 18 months, which is super impressive. You're playing a big role in that as well. You are in the top five of the Coaches MVP Award as well. So, you know, you're definitely playing your role. What's the vibes been like with that team? And, and I guess how instrumental have they been towards your development this year too? Yeah, oh, um having those girls behind me um, has been absolutely amazing going from under 18s to the senior group um, I played a game last year with them and just to see the culture, the way that they come together it's like one big family um, and that's something that I love um, for myself and for a group it's just the way that it comes together um, obviously I've had past some girls has played um, BFLW in the past um, and I've kind of went on them as well uh, especially when I was heading into Carlton um, not really knowing what to expect um, so just having the older girls there as well um, has helped me a lot um, and they've definitely pushed me <laughs> to my absolute limits um, and if I get picked up I'm going to miss them absolutely dearly but I'll still try and get around the club as much as possible um, and yeah, just try and keep those connections as much as possible because they're all, they're all amazing girls and, yeah. We saw an article earlier in the year about not just you playing well, but also being a part of the umpiring program. And, you know, it's great to yeah. see that we've had so many people participating both as a player and as an umpire. Just briefly run through, I guess, you know, what you've taken out as, as being a part of an umpire in our competitions and, and how you can encourage others, I guess, to get involved too. Yeah, 100%. So, um, I started my umpire journey, I think, three years ago. Um, one of my family's friends, Tim Green, um, he's one of the senior umpires, so he was in it quite a lot. Um, so, I thought of it as a way just to see another view of the game, and obviously it's earn money. <laughs> um, so, for me, umpiring, it's like you get to connect with people on a different level in terms of helping out the young kids like I've just started umpiring girls um, now and it's been awesome to coach some little girls um, hopefully inspired to play AFLW one day so it's been awesome just to see how they move the ball um, and just the bond that they have um, and how they get around each other has been awesome um, and yeah I'd say to anyone who wants to umpire just give it a go like um, and I guess that's with everything. You can't, you won't know unless you give it a go. And um, you can like it, you can hate it. But I can guarantee when you get out on that field and you see and you have a little run around with the kids and stuff, you'll have a ball. So, yeah, it's it's awesome. And just finally, Brooke, you know, it's it's been great to hear your journey from, you know, a child playing in our junior competitions to now having this opportunity tomorrow night. What would getting drafted tomorrow night mean to you and, and I guess, the experiences you've had as a footballer since start, since yeah. started playing? Yeah. Um, oh, getting drafted is the ultimate dream for me. Um Ever since I was a little girl, there was a lot of girls' programs out there when I was playing with the boys at Yarrambat. Um, so, for me, the, just the way that it's developed over the years, um, and ever since I joined the under-16 girls at Yarrambat, 
and to see the way it's grown um, over the years has been absolutely amazing. Um, so for me to actually get picked up and be able to run out on one of those big grounds is absolutely dream come true. And I guess um, all that as well comes back to my family, mum, dad, my brother, um, my aunties, my uncles, like every, all my extended family as well. Um, and all their support, it's definitely, you can't definitely make it on your own. So it's been absolutely amazing just to have all the support behind me. So not just do it for me, but do it for all them as well um, has been absolutely amazing. And hopefully um, I get picked up tomorrow. Brooke, it's been so great to have you on and, and get an insight into your journey in the women's football program. Congratulations on all you've achieved so far and, and all the best for tomorrow night and the future ahead. Thanks, Nick. Means a lot. That was Brooke Plummer there. Great to get her insights the day before the AFLW draft. And good luck to all the girls that are participating and have nominated for draft. Hopefully we get to see as many NFNL representatives as we can on Wednesday nights. Before we wrap up this edition of the NFNL podcast, as we always like to do, look ahead to some of the key matches this weekend. Only senior men's this week, no junior and women's all netball um, with the holiday break. So it um, gives us a dose of senior men's action across all three divisions. Jared, there's a lot of interesting games to look forward to. We'll start with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. Yeah, I think the one, it's a very obvious one that stands out is Heidelberg up against Bandura or Warringal Park. Um, first against third on the ladder and there's just so much to like about both of these sides, the talent that they've brought in uh, this season to play. And, um, th- yeah, they're two famous Division One sides that have had some great premiership victories over the years. So it's a result. Oh, it's, a, it's a matchup that I'm, yeah, really looking forward to and kind of looking at Heidelberg, they're 10-1 and one and they've only lost that, that one this season. But they just seem a little bit vulnerable at times. Mm. It's it's a question of do they bounce back and really um, put in a dominant performance against another top side or do they falter and have a loss that maybe they need to have going into the, the run home. So um, I'll be keeping my eyes over that one. Um, and even across the, the entire division, there's some good matchups. Another one I'll just touch on is Greensboro and Montmorency. Um, we spoke about Greensboro sitting in fourth spot, but... Because almost danger signs. We don't really know what to make of them at this point of the season. So uh, it's a result that they can really um, stamp their authority on this competition and, and say that they're a genuine shot at, at uh, challenging for the premiership against a, a top side in Montmorency. I think the Heidelberg Bandura one's interesting. We, we covered that game the first time those two sides met. Um, and Heidelberg had their measure for pretty much the entire match but I think it's a different story coming around here I think the Bulls have a really good opportunity to to grab a win like that and that would give them a world of confidence heading into the postseason um, you know, Neville Jett has a chance to return to play that game as well so um, with the, the talent they've already got in that team a huge opportunity there I think and, and for Montmorency I, I can't go past them to beat Greensboro I mean I think they're just too dominant right now. They've had some fantastic weeks. Um, they're kicking big scores, albeit against lower sides. But, you know, I think that's going to do them heaps of favours coming up against a challenge at like Greensboro. MC Labor Division 2, 
Of course, there's lower plenty in Banyul. That's the one to look out for. A very, very intriguing top five clash there at Montmorency Park, South Oval. I think lower plenty's big chance to stake their claim as someone to say, hey, we're still in this competition too. It's not just about the top three size. And for Banyul, well, you know, if they really want to take it up to Eltham, I think they've got to prove that they're worth it. And this is a game that they are absolutely a chance to get a win in. They, they brought in some reinforcements in that Thomastown game. So if they stay on the park, it could be a very good one to look out for. Um, Thomastown, Eltham, I might keep my eye over it, but I, I fully expect Eltham to get up. But knowing Thomastown, I think they might find a way to cause a few more headaches than originally planned. So um, don't count the Bears out completely. I think the fact that they still need to win a few games to make finals will give them all the motivation they need. And then Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, well, it's the two big ones, isn't it? We just spoke about Heidelberg West and Kilmore. That one's at Heidelberg Park, and I think that's the Hawks' elimination final, basically. If they can beat the Blues, uh, they have put themselves in a very handy position to make that historic finals berth, but a defeat probably spells the end of their campaign. Uh, Kilmore, in the meanwhile... They've been up and down this year, but in order to secure that top four spot, they'll need to ensure they get the job done there. Um, and Lorimer, Old Alton Collegians, will be a massive clash at Lorimer Reserve. A lot to look forward to there. The Powell, they'll want to respond um, after their early defeat to him this year. It was you know, dramatic circumstances as well. They were kept goalless in the last quarter. The Turtles kicked two goals in a low-scoring affair, and that was enough to get them over the line. The Turtles, I think they need to rejuvenate their season a little bit. They still have a fair few names out at the moment. If they can bring some of those guys back in, then they could be a real chance in causing another upset against one of the Premiership favourites in Lyra. But that's all we have time for on this week's edition. Be sure to keep up with all the latest news on our website, nfnl.org.au, as well as across all our social media channels. Jared, great to have you on to chat all things NFL this week. Yeah, it's great to be here once again and looking forward to a massive weekend of footy. I've been your host, Nicholas Sacco, and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast.